0: Hello and welcome to the Ask Dr. Ben podcast. I'm your host, Ben Johnson. As a holistic-minded physician, I've spent the last 20 years looking outside the box and conducting research to find the true causes of skin conditions and other diseases. And while the focus of my work has been on aesthetic medicine and unlocking the secrets to reversing skin damage, this podcast will also include many other exciting revelations pertaining to you and your family's health and well-being. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ask Dr. Ben. You know, for a long time, I have been uh, talking about this link between disease and pathogens, toxins, and emotions. And we've spent a lot of time talking about how pathogens can have an influence, and I plan to spend a lot more on that. Uh, We spent a lot of time talking about how toxins can influence and cause disease. And of course, that has to be a continual subject matter because of the massive amount of toxin exposure that we're facing. But what I don't spend a lot of time talking about is the connection of emotions with disease. And it is a sort of unique aspect to the human body that emotions can generate any sort of disharmony. It's not really anything that's, what do I want to say, unusual I mean, let's say it this way, Western medicine has identified that emotions do clearly play a role in your immunity. There's just not a great deal of clarification on exactly how that is. For example, breast cancer survival rates are essentially improved when someone has a positive attitude. And for those who are anxious or depressed, they found that their survival rates decline. So what? causes that, right? What is the specific physiologic event that causes that? Well, that answer is challenging to say the least, because what you have to do in order to appreciate that is you have to go back and revisit this whole idea about what exactly are our cells made of. It kind of boggles the mind. It's certainly not something that most physicians spend a lot of time on, but let me paint the picture for you. So you have, you know, this hundred trillion cell model. So our bodies have roughly a hundred trillion cells within them. Talk to you about the idea that approximately 65 trillion of those cells are foreign bacteria, bacteria that do not contain your DNA, but work in this symbiotic relationship with you. And so we have all these cells, hundred trillion cells. Now within each cell is a series of components, right? So you could have your nucleus, your mitochondria, of course, within the nucleus is the DNA. You have all your cell wall and a variety of proteins. You have all of the coding that's going on. So you have your mRNA, RNA, all those things. You have your amino acids, which are the building blocks of uh, the vast majority of these proteins and structures. But here's the problem let's dive deeper than that, right? Deeper than that, every amino acid has a unique structure because of the atoms that are found within it. So essentially, while we're a hundred trillion cells, the number of atoms that you have in your body, and you're only made up of atoms, but the number of atoms that you have in your body is mind-boggling. And, you know, we, we also talk about the fact that you're made of 72%, uh, 72 seventy-two seventy 70% water roughly. And, uh, you know, what is water? Water is hydrogen, a hydrogen atom, right? Two of those, and oxygen, another atom. Okay. So now you're starting to get the picture. So you have all this water in you, it's a bunch of atoms, and you have all these amino acids and nucleic acids in you, and they're a bunch of atoms. And so essentially you are 100% atoms. Okay. Well, let's dive a little deeper. When we look at what is inside of an atom, yeah, you know, you have your your protons, neutrons, electrons, and you can dive deeper and talk about the quarks and positrons and all of the interesting little facets of the human body. But the key point, the real simple point of an atom is that 99.9999, I believe it's the four nines, four nines into the decimals. 99.9999% of an atom is empty space. Now, it's not really empty. It's filled with energy. But by all accounts, it's empty space. So really, what that makes you is 99.999% empty space. And it's hard to fathom because if you cut yourself, you bleed and you see this solid fluid come out, right? If I'm in pathology lab and I'm looking at a cadaver liver, I'm like, boy, I don't see any empty space in there. It all looks solid because we're talking about this at a microscopic level, but it must be understood. And it's something that is fascinating and baffling and, and what it speaks to is this energy grid. This is the energy grid that you probably heard some physicist talk about on some TED Talk where they said, you know, the air between us looks like we have empty space between us, but really we're living in an energetic matrix. We have a grid that connects all of us, a grid that links the planets, a grid that links every cell in your body. And this energetic grid needs to be a focus and and that's where human emotion is so fascinating because it is working within the grid it's working with that in that energy grid and so the explanation of why emotions can play a role in disease has to do with the impact of the energy grid so it can impact the atoms themselves and as a result it can impact the cells and the structures and the proteins and the amino acids and the nucleic acids, right your DNA is affected by it like we know now that emotions can turn genes on and off. Well why is that? because emotions are working within the grid, which is the 99.9999 or however many nines <laughs> part of you. It's a huge part of you the energy grid is almost what you exist of and that's a hard thing to get your mind around and you know sometimes when I teach classes, I speak of us as a hologram. you know it's not a new concept. you know quantum physicists use that term a lot. They see humans are really more of a hologram, which means we're mostly empty space emitting light. you know, I guess better said we're mostly this energetic mass that emits light, and that's what our eyes see, so it's hard. To see the empty space like they, you know, and I guess I'm going on a tangent here, but they theorize that the sun is not solid, that the sun is 99.999% energy and not this solid planet. This is arguable for the planet. I mean, this is everything in the universe, guys. So it's it's again hard to get your mind around this idea when we feel so solid, when every chunk of us we might cut open looks solid from what our eyes are capable of seeing. But in reality, not solid, bunch of empty space. So, emotion plays a role and I wanted to go into a little bit about what I've learned. And again, this is through 20 years of having the good fortune of not practicing medicine per se, although I help people every day as many of you now know, but by being able to sit back and analyze uh many different cases and you know, I'm I'm in the skin care business per se, skin and wellness. But everything comes across my desk. You know, we're addressing every situation, by the way. And this is a good time for me to remind you, you know, I am always attempting to train a network of estheticians, naturopaths, physicians, and other professionals, chiropractors, in this new philosophy. And it's sort of new, like like I have parts from other people's philosophy, but I really haven't heard it put together in the way that I'm describing it with this this concept of this pathogen toxin emotion <laughs> causing disease. And really the idea that if you can just clean out your system, if you can address all the different causes of disease, your body will be remarkably harmonious. You will not be susceptible to any oncoming new virus. And so, yeah, if you reach out to, you know, you can go to our website and reach out to our anesthetician. And if she's not fully savvy in how to address challenging conditions, she jumps into our network, gets direct advice from me uh, every day. That's what I'm doing. And we help to solve your problems. So just want to put that out there. But also just to remind you that the system is working. And as a result of analyzing all of this, you know, disease and illness and emotional pain that's, that's going on on the planet today, I have learned that there are some themes. So I'm going to share with you today some of the interesting themes, some of the emotional connections that are related to a variety of diseases. And here's a, what I, I think is most important to tell you, and that is that if you are plagued with certain viruses or certain toxins, there's a reasonable chance there's not an emotion behind it because, you know, we sign on for a certain experience by my philosophy of life. I believe, you know, we, we come onto the planet to experience a host of different things. We're not really here to evolve because our soul is completely evolved. And so, what we're here to do is experience and that's why it's so confusing when you realize that there's no good or bad experience it's just experience and yeah that's a subject for another time but within that experience you you're sometimes things are forced upon you and that's not because you are choosing to experience it but because of the environment that you're in and other times you are going to go through Some challenges, some health challenges, specifically to know that experience, to learn more about yourself potentially, and all of that good stuff. So, let me go through a list of things that I believe are not caused by emotions first, and then we can get into some of the emotions that cause it. So, for example, menopause. So, I take menopause as an example of a toxic overload, and usually an estrogen toxin overload that distorts your estrogen. So as you go in to the years when your body is supposed to sunset its hormones, and that's my perspective is that you're not supposed to check your hormone levels at age 60 and go, Oh no, I don't have the hormones of a 25 year old. Let me start taking them. No, <laughs> that is not how it works. You don't need them at that point in your life. You don't need those levels, I should say. Of course, you need your hormones. But in fact, it's, it's forced upon you by environmental pollutants that lower your natural estrogen. So menopause is a good example of something that is not experienced as a result of emotion. I believe that cholesterol, a high cholesterol, has no emotional trigger. And these are sort of random. I just was making a list, and it's not, an, it's not an all-inclusive list by any means. And if you want to write me and ask me questions about any of this, you're welcome to it at drben at osmosisbeauty.com, drben at osmosisbeauty.com. I'm happy to entertain your queries uh, regarding your health condition. It, It brings me the most joy every day to help you guys. So I spend a lot of time doing that. Migraines. I think migraines are a toxicity that are not generated by emotions. Skin cancer. Another example of something where there's not really an emotional component behind it. I've got in here uterine cancer ovarian cancer. I do think some cancers do have an emotional component. So I'm just listing off some of the cancers that are uh, increasingly more common that don't have an emotion behind them. And you might think sometimes a feminine cancer might have some trigger, uh, some some you know mother-daughter issue or what have you, but that, that seems to be isolated to a particular group that we'll get to in a minute. A certain types of herpes reactions. So... The herpes simplex virus one that causes cold sores, I don't think has an emotional component. Now, some people associate stress with cold sores, but really what you're doing there is stress lowers your immunity and herpes simplex one is a virus that is opportunistic. And so if your viral fighting capacity diminishes because your immunity is down, You could get a cold sore, but again, not any specific emotion tied to it. You're going to see how specific we get with these emotions, so you'll understand that better. Autoimmune disease in general is uh, not related to any emotional triggers. Melasma, so we talk, we're going to talk about liver conditions, and there is an associated emotion with that. But melasma in particular, which is caused by damage to the liver from medication or certain patho- you know, certain diseases like hepatitis or liver transplant that is not associated with emotion and shingles caused by herpes zoster another one uh, that I'll put out there is not associated with emotional components i could throw in there autism again not triggered by emotion and it's interesting sometimes this is going to break down into age groups because you'll it, you know it doesn't make sense that an infant would have a condition and that is emotional based when you know they're barely forming, um, you know, 3d thoughts, you know, they're kind of living in the ethereal at that age. So let's get down to it. The emotions I have in my list, I think is, it's complete in the sense that these are the emotions that I I think are the most important. I'll go down here. It's got fear, anxiety, slightly different, uh, shame, guilt, anger, frustration, indignation, envy, hate, pride, insecurity, despair, grief, sadness. So those are the emotions I think are the most important to pay attention to. And what I want to, guess, preface this list with is this idea that when there is an emotional trigger to a disease or association, it could be a trigger or an association to a disease, it means that The disease itself serves a purpose. There's an experience intended to happen where hopefully you recognize that imbalance in you, that emotional imbalance in you, and you address it. You know, so much of us, we know uh, for those of us who have crossed 50, we feel sort of a sense of accomplishment at all the experiences we've had and the wisdom we've gained from it. And so a lot of times we find ourselves being a little bit more reflective, working on these old wounds, you know, these old emotional wounds that came through various childhood experiences And hopefully we want to get to the other side. When you're younger, you don't always, you know, you're kind of in the middle of it and you don't always realize it. And that's not to say that everyone over 50 has got to figure it out. Lord knows that that isn't true either. But I do encourage all of you to take this list and use it as a way to continue to dive deeper and to expand the connection with your intuition. As you've heard me say before, I believe that your intuition is divine truth. It is this, the energy grid, uh, literally the energy grid that fills your atoms is full of knowledge and wisdom that you can tap into if you don't let emotion pull you out of it. So a lot of these emotions we're talking about what they serve, the purpose that they serve in one sense is to pull you away from your truth because you're you're struggling with this emotion. And sometimes it's deep. It's almost a subconscious feeling because your ego, your mind has managed to bury it and burying it is not healthy. So you want to address these emotions through introspection and you want to embrace them. Here's another interesting uh, component of my theory. You know, a lot of times and in, in a lot of recent, what do I want to say? Teachings, you know, for the secret and, and things like that. What they tend to want you to do is to deny, keep, you know, the mantra going of that's not important to me or that aspect, that is not me. I am I am joy. I am not hatred or, you know, to kind of chase away the emotion through this whole sort of mental programming strategy. And I, I'm going to tell you that it's slightly different than that. My approach for you, my recommendation for you is to embrace these parts of you, to love them, not banish them and to, to hold them close. You know, they, I'm trying to think of the best way to say that these are, these are parts of you, you know, the wounds that you have, the wounds that you have been created through, let's say some really bad parenting moments or some really traumatic events at school or however they came about relationships, traumatic events that occurred in your life, they're experiences you chose to have. And that's kind of a hard one to understand too. The idea that nothing's out of your control. This is This is your soul choosing to go through these hardships. They seem like hardships at the time to the ego mind. And as a result of that choice, you can either say, oh, I'm a victim. Or you can say, oh, wow, I chose to have that experience. I'm going to embrace that. I'm going to love that aspect of me. I'm not going to banish it. And I'm going to bring it into the fold because there's no way to really love yourself unless you love 100%. You can't like cut off the piggy toe because it's, it's not, uh, you you find it distasteful or not, you know, it's not that the uh, that's probably not a good analogy. Let's just say you can't exclude any part of you because then you can't heal it that you, in order to heal it, you've got to embrace it. Okay. Let's get into the list. Okay. I'm going to start off with fear and you know, there's not a lot to go here. I, I, di- I can't hit every single condition obviously out there. So if you're thinking of one, I can tell you hopefully that, you know, one I didn't cover here, but remember I, I excluded all autoimmune disease. So that covers a huge number of the uh, issues that are happening on the planet today. Fear, fear results in constipation and the skin condition I associate with fear is vitiligo. Now, for some of you, when I get to some of these conditions, it's going to be, you say, wait a minute, I have vitiligo, and I really felt like I have worked through that fear. Well, that is the first phase into healing. You've still got to address the pathogen, which is associated with vitiligo, right? And then you've got to do what's necessary to heal that condition. So in a lot of cases, this triad of pathogen-toxin emotion, and sometimes it's a toxin that allows a pathogen to infiltrate. And the only way that the pathogen can create disease is because there's this energy of emotion behind it. So sometimes it's a triad. Sometimes one's working on its own. You know, it's not all just one script here. So moving on. Anxiety. Anxiety is associated with a skin condition known as sebaceous hyperplasia. And the disease that I find linked to it more often than not is clotting disorders. So hypercoagulation, shame, shame. I don't really, well, I guess uh, herpes type two, uh, herpes simplex type two is a skin condition, but shame, the internal disease associated with shame is colon cancer. This is one of the few cancers that actually has an emotion behind it. And herpes type two, So, so you can get exposed to herpes, but there's a lot of people exposed to herpes who never actually develop repeating, you know, source as a result of it. And that's because they don't have the emotion to trigger it. And, and you, you know, for people who have frequent recurring herpes type two, which is the genital herpes strain, shame is often the trigger. So, you know, think deeply on that, figure out, you know, when you have, an outbreak, think about what sort of thoughts were passing through your mind that may have allowed that sort of awakened the dormant herpes for you. The guilt emotion I found associated with a skin condition known as syringoma. And I don't have listed here a medical condition. Again, this is not an all-inclusive list. Anger, you know, I've heard in the past that anger is associated with liver, and I do find that to be true. So most liver conditions are going to have the emotion of anger behind them. Liver spots are a good example. I do believe liver spots are caused by the liver as far as the skin condition goes, but not melasma, even though it is a liver condition on the skin. But hepatitis is also that. I also found anger is the trigger for most heart disease. So if you have loved ones or yourself, you're struggling with, car, um, you know, cardiovascular disease or endocarditis or a viral infection of the heart or, you know, any of those, it might be wise to address any uh, buried anger that you might have towards another individual. Frustration is the emotion I link to breast cancer. Now, uh, when I go back like 20 years, I remember being fascinated by Carolyn Miss's interpretation of breast cancer, where uh, she she was a medical intuitive, and she had um, written, I believe, that there was a link between mother-daughter relationships and breast cancer. And the emotion behind that, I believe, is frustration. So whether or not... It's mother-daughter. I think it's more likely to be mother-daughter, but I don't think it's always mother-daughter. And of course, the toxin associated with breast cancer, I have said in the past, I believe, are estrogenic pesticides. Indignation. So indignation is something in life isn't fair, right? And that uh, skin disease, so you're angry because something in your life isn't fair. The skin disease I see associated with that, and it's relatively common, is psoriasis. Envy. The disease associated with envy, I have found, is diabetes. Hate. The disease associated with hate is eczema. But again, infants don't have an emotional connection to their eczema. So teens who are struggling, the pathogen in eczema is candida. And... You know, you could argue that the toxin is pasteurized dairy, if you wanted to get into the triad, anything that increases mucus formation in the gut. So mucus forming foods, but the emotion that is associated with eczema, and maybe it's that it makes eczema worse or that it even eczema even shows in teens and adults is hate. Pride is alopecia. Not alopecia areata, that appears to be mainly a pathogen issue, but alopecia itself. So hair loss is associated with the emotion of pride. Acne is associated with the emotion of insecurity. So occasionally I find teens who are having a real hard time getting their skin clear, even on my full protocol and the, it's because the emotion is overriding the system. They're not ready to clear until they address their insecurity. And, and, you know, how apropos that acne makes you more insecure, right? And you could even argue, if I were to go down the list on some of these, like alopecia, if you're a proud person, that certainly seems to diminish your pride. So it's, it's interesting, the links sometimes to these. With despair, I link it to seborrheic dermatitis. Grief, I've linked to increased blood pressure. Not really any skin conditions I've found associated with grief. So high blood pressure sometimes can just be a toxin, but typically there's grief involved in the process. And rosacea, I link to sadness. So that's my list. It's interesting. I hope if if it applies to you, that's great. I think in general, my words of wisdom for you today are... Always ask within, always go in introspectively, try to find that quiet time where you can listen to that inner voice, the incredibly wise inner voice that will share with you what it is that is triggering this problem. Sometimes it bubbles up in you, sometimes it's loud and clear, and every day you want to link, as a friend of mine says often, you want to ground, root, root. And center yourself. And um, everyone has different ways of doing that. And really the goal for you is to walk around and live every day in this ground rooted and centered place, not letting the events of the day pull you out of that space, but rather observe the chaos around you from the point of an observer. That is really the secret to joy and happiness, because if you're an observer and and the events are occurring in front of you, or even if the events are occurring to you, the perspective allows you to not get too emotionally entangled. As you can see, emotions can lead to disease and they interact with the energy matrix that fills your cells And so hopefully you found all this interesting. It's a little bit of a tangent from our usual conversation. But uh, that's it for today, guys. I look forward to talking to you next week. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ask Dr. Ben. Please leave a review if you can and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts to get access to all of my upcoming episodes. My website is osmosisbeauty.com and you can find me on Facebook at Osmosis Beauty. You can also follow me on Instagram at osmosis underscore beauty. Thanks for listening.